Oh, we've got a big one today. It's a massive show. It's a force to be reckoned with. It'll dunk all over you. I feel like I'm giving it away. If you're not picking up what I'm throwing down like a dunk, then you'll get the idea in just a second. Welcome on in, everybody. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you staying safe. Appreciate you always coming right back here to the Temple of the Hawks. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show here on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And what I believe is that today's episode, I'm going a little bit, I'm not going to, it's not really scripted, as you can probably tell by the fact that I stumbled all over the place on that sentence. I really just wanted to dedicate the last player, the last season in review to the guy who perhaps, I mean, he's the Big 12 player of the year. And if you finally are getting what I'm saying here, this is going to be all Yudoka Azabuki all the time. Might be a little bit shorter, but I feel like the way that I just will ramble here at times, we'll, we'll get through it. Um, the, the show is not scripted perfectly. I just mostly wanted to give Yudoka Azabuki the praise that he deserves and the props as he heads into the NBA. So that's, that's the gist. That's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about Yudoka. We're going to talk about the career that was. We're going to talk about the season that was. And where does he go from here? What are his NBA prospects? He's going to get drafted, I think. But I don't want to get too deep in it quite yet. Yudoka Timothy Azabuki, seven feet, listed generously, maybe, I don't know, 270 pounds out of Lagos, Nigeria. Lagos? Lagos, Nigeria. He is still only 20 years old, if you can believe it. Just finished his senior season. There was a time where we weren't sure that he was going to be a, uh, a senior, make it to a senior season. He was McDonald's All-American, but he's the youngest of five. We saw his brother come to the field house this year, and boy, what a family. I mean, even his brother was massive. He came to America after catching the attention of recruiters at the Basketball Without Borders. And he came over and he played for Potter's House Christian Academy in Jacksonville, Florida. It's funny, on his Wikipedia page, they make sure to say he is not related to Kalena Azabuki, who played parts of four seasons with the Golden State Warriors. So don't think that. He's not related. (laughs) He came to the U.S. and was offered to play basketball in the U.S. despite never having played until he was 13. So that was just seven years ago. Uh, he's still learning the game, and he's already such a force. The assistant coach at Potter's house, Harry Coxum, and his wife, Donna, actually took care of him, and they became his legal guardians. I think we saw them at a few games this year. Beautiful story. Um, Harry, Coach Harry there, looked like a pretty intense dude. Um, I'm sure he instilled a lot of discipline, I'll put it that way, into Yudoka. How about this fact? I actually did not know this. In his first high school game, he was matched up against Joel Embiid. So Bill Self, coaches, Curtis Townsend, Norm Roberts, you keep going down there to Florida and you keep finding these young basketball players who have come over from Africa, whether it be Nigeria, 
whether it be Cameroon in Embiid's case, because they just keep working out. <laughs> he was, like I said, McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brand Classic participant. He was really good in high school. Now, I was also not aware, again, of the different schools he could have gone to. Offers from Duke, Texas, Kentucky, Florida State, North Carolina. But he decided he's going to be a Jayhawk, and thank God that he did. Now, of course, I'm going to go get into now his past years with KU. And it was clear this guy was going to be something special. I mean, certainly a, a major player. I don't know if we saw what happened here in his senior year taking place, but the positives come with the negatives, right? Nothing attitude-wise, nothing really even playing-wise. It's more just about staying on the court. So freshman year, he only played in 11 games. Then he tore ligaments in his left wrist, which ended his season. <laughs> and he had a 62.9 field goal percentage. That's going to be a theme as well. His sophomore year, played a lot. Played 30-plus games until he sprained his left MCL. Remember, that was the Big 12 tournament. That was the season where Silvio DeSosa broke onto the scene. They essentially used Silvio. They, were, they brought that football player onto the roster just to fill a roster spot. That was the final four year, his sophomore year. 2018, James Sosinski was the guy who brought, was brought in because they just were at such a lack of bodies, especially when Yudoka went down. Now, he did come back. He played in the tournament. He was at a major disadvantage in that final four game against Villanova. Omari Spellman was just running all over the place. Could not keep up with him. But he played pretty well against Duke in the Elite Eight game, which is sort of what matters. 13 points per game, 7 rebounds, 1.7 blocks, 77 field goal percentage that season for Yudoka Azubuki as a sophomore. That, of course, broke the percentage or the record for single-season record for Kansas in Big 12 Conference play with that 77%. As you've probably seen or, and heard on TV, everyone likes to make the joke, he's not taking a lot of shots outside of two feet away from the basket. A lot of dunks. And your field goal percentage will tend to be pretty high if that's the case. After that sophomore year, he did intend to enter the 2018 NBA draft, but he came back. His junior year, last, well, two seasons ago now, the team that should have been severely sprained his right ankle against Wofford, and then he injured his wrist. Again, this probably sounds familiar from his freshman year, tearing ligaments in his left wrist. His junior year, he tore a ligament in his right hand, and he was lost for the season in January of 2019. But when he was in there, and this again tends to be the theme, when he played, they won. Kansas was 9-0, and the preseason number one team that was going to dominate the season. The Lawsons, Udoka, Quentin Grimes. <laughs> yeah. They were 9-0 when Udoka was in there. And they beat good teams like Michigan State. They beat good teams like Tennessee. And then, thankfully, he came back for his senior year. 
of course, the theme of Yudoka Azabuki all the time is free throws. <laughs> so here's the, here's the percentages over his four seasons. 37.9% his freshman year. 41.3% his sophomore year. Not bad. <laughs> 34.4% his junior year. Again, only nine games played. And then last year, you know, this is going to be a really bad number for free throw shooting. But for him, this is pretty unbelievable. 44.1% free throw shooting. You know what? You kind of take it with him. His elbow was all over the place. If you, still, if you stood too close to Yudoka as a bookie, you're going to get poked in the eyeball <laughs> with the way his elbow was out there shooting the ball. He just started playing the game seven years ago. What do you want from the kid? I'll dunk on you. Here were what I believe to be the pivotal moments of his senior season. And again, Jonas Nordman here, Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. You might as well call today's episode the Believe in Yudoka Azabuki. We believe in our Nigerians. Do you? The pivotal moments of his season, the Dayton game. Oh, what a game it was. Devon Dotson, Yudoka Azabuki versus Obi Toppin, essentially. And sort of Jalen Crutcher, the point guard. So this is a guy who lost so much weight. I said he was 270 pounds. When he came to school as a freshman, he was not 270 pounds. Put it that way. And in that Dayton game, in that small, cramped, hot, humid Maui gym... Well, it was the Maui Gym, Maui Invitational, in the gymnasium there on the island. He played 31 of the 45 minutes, 45 because it went into overtime, something he never would have done in the three previous seasons, you know, if he was playing. He shot 12 of 15, 5 of 8, huge free throws, and he scored 29 points and was the dominant factor in that game. I think he had four blocks as well. I thought the Tennessee game was massive for Yudoka Azubuki. Remember that was the first game after the fight at the Fieldhouse? Big game. Big 12 SEC challenge. Tennessee not as good as they were two seasons ago with Grant Williams and Jordan Bone. Bone diggity. But he was by far the most important player on the floor in that game. And I think it was after that game where I did the episode where I said, who's the most important? It's Udoka. It's not Devon Dotson. Because whenever he left the game against Tennessee, a game that was a blowout, a double-digit game, it got a little tight. Tennessee made their run when he wasn't playing. Now they didn't have the depth. McCormick wasn't playing. No Silvio de Sosa because they got a little feisty against K-State. But regardless, they needed him. And I think that bore out the rest of the way and the rest of the season. Against Tennessee, 6-7 to seven shooting, 18 points, 11 rebounds. That's a double-double here in my hometown at In-N-Out. It's a good old double-double. And then... I mean, the game at Baylor, right? At Baylor. The game at home against Baylor, not so good. Six points. But the game at Baylor, ESPN, college game day. What was it one versus number three? Something like that. 
36 of the 40 minutes, and I keep really harping on the minutes because it's just remarkable that a big man at that size and the conditioning, I should say the condition that he got himself into to play those hard, grueling minutes is a testament to his work ethic and the way that he shaped himself and had just such a remarkable season. 36 minutes, 11 of 13 shooting, a lot of dunks, 23 points. I think this was a really important stat to point out for Yudoka. He had four fouls in that game against Baylor, but clearly did not fall. <laughs> fall. He clearly did not foul out in a physical game against a really good Baylor team. Was in there for the last possession. It wasn't the best drawn out play from Scott Drew. When is it ever? You remember the long heave from Jared Butler with Devon Dotson on him, but it, to have Doak in the game so Butler didn't feel comfortable maybe even driving into the lane when he'd run into that large mass out of Nigeria is huge. So he did not foul out. Oh, and by the way, in this big rough-and-tumble matchup against guys like Freddie Gillespie, Mark Vidal, 19 huge rebounds massive send me your send me your udoka memories at jonas n310 on the gram maybe it's just that he's so memeable <laughs> when he announced his decision right on espnu there's the photo of him with his glasses and bow tie with the kansas hat and he just looks so adorable <laughs> so he's very memeable there's there's the the pictures of him when he uh, is looking at the referee and he's sort of got duck lips going, what are you talking about? (laughs) Maybe that's your favorite moments. These are my favorite moments. There was, of course, then senior night versus TCU, 13 to 14 shooting, 31 points for a career high. Talk about a send-off right before they went on to to face Texas Tech. He fell just a little smidge below the all-time field goal record. Yeah. It's okay. I think the guy was from UNC Asheville, something like that. Shot 80% for his career. Just short. And it all accumulated for Big 12 Player of the Year, second team AP All-American, NABC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that's the award that Jeff Withy won a couple of years ago. Very possible that KU wins the award two years in a row. As a bookie this year, Marcus Garrett next year, perhaps. Big 12 first team, obviously. Really accomplished everything short of a national title. Certainly here in his senior year, he did. He was a man on a mission. The team was, and, you know, circumstances are what they are. But he was the linchpin. He was the anchor of arguably the best defensive team in the country. Now, he moves on. He will be in the NBA next year. And this is tough because it's really been, it's never been a worse time to be a big hulking center in the NBA. 
Your centers either need to be hyper-athletic. Again, I always go back to like DeAndre Jordan. Hyper-athletic guys who can jump through the gym, rebound, dunk, block shots. Be an anchor of a defense, yes. This sounds like somewhat, or sort of sounds like I'm describing you, Nudoka, as booking. But we know his athleticism isn't there. There's so many pick and rolls on the perimeter of an NBA game. You need to be able to step out. You need to be able to switch. You need to be able to make life difficult for, you know, a Kyrie Irving, a James Harden. You know, you need to be able to switch on to LeBron, Kawhi Leonard. And he's going to be picked on. So I, I hope Udoka right now is working on his foot speed and his athleticism, and he's shedding even more weight. Because if he's going to make it into the NBA, because he's got the body, he's a monster, he's a physical presence. It, it, the, the pick and rolls would be tough for Udoka. All that being said, he on NBA draft.net is expected to go 37th, second round draft pick to Washington. And you know what? If he can get himself a second round pick, I think that'd be unbelievable. I, again, I, I wanted to look through everybody in the first round that's projected is essentially a guard or a wing. I see one center. It's James Weissman going number four to Atlanta, the kid who could have played at Memphis. Uh, But remember, this is someone who is hyper-athletic. Same with with Onyeka Okongwu from USC, who's listed as a power forward slash center. Saw him play. Reminds me a lot of Montrez Harrell. So think of that mold. That's what the NBA center is right now. I mean, Montrez Harrell brings the ball up for the Clippers at times. That's, that's the world that we live in, that your center. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo is basically the center for Milwaukee, and he's their point guard. That was sort of an oxymoron. <laughs> he is their primary ball handler, but also mostly plays under the basket defensively. Oh, man, so confusing. But if Yudoka can get himself a draft or a draft pick, get in there, impress everybody, just dominate physically and work on his athleticism, he's going to make money. Like, if it doesn't work out in the NBA, which I hope it does, and I think it will. I think he's got the drive. He will get paid to play overseas. He will. Bank on it. But what about at Kansas? What's going to happen without him? I said that Devon Dotson's leaving a, a gaping hole on the roster as the primary ball handler. I thought that was a gaping hole. Then what Yudoka Azubuki leaves behind is equivalent to a black hole, maybe. Perhaps that big gaping, I don't know, it's like anus-like thing from Star Wars. You know what I'm talking about in the third movie at Jabba's place where Boba Fett ends up there in the desert. It's that sort of gaping hole. Who fills it? I mean, David McCormack's going to have to do his best. He is option number one. Lightfoot's going to have to step in a bit. Jethro Muscadin, but he's unproven. Basically, you can't. No one does what Yudoka Azabuki did. McCormack is a different kind of center. He is that athletic, running the floor, throw me lobs. Well, I mean, Yudoka has obviously got lobs, but 
you know, following and trailing the play for David McCormack. He's learned, and he's got a pretty solid little baseline jumper, does McCormack. But defensively, does he strike the same kind of fear into you? If a guard is coming down the lane ready to put up a layup, is, are they worried about McCormack like they're worried about Yudoka Azubuki? No. And that's no slight against Big Mac. It's just more of a compliment to Big Doke. But more importantly, we're no longer going to be able to watch one of, certainly one of my all-time favorite Jayhawks. The growth, the personality. He's just a big cutie. (laughs) I think the loudest cheers from the Fieldhouse fans weren't from a big run, weren't from a made three-point shot, weren't from a dunk, an alley-oop. It's when he made a free throw. The plays would go silent. Everyone was just hoping, please, just make one of two. If you made one, yes, place would go crazy. If you made two of two free throws, oh, my God. be insane. be a circus in there. So, yeah, it's an all-time favorite Jayhawk. Big 12 player of the year, I believe that means he will now get his number retired in five years. Does he deserve it? Yeah, I I think so. For a team that very well could have won the national championship this year and got robbed of that opportunity, he made a Final Four. He played through bumps and bruises, was the consummate teammate and warrior. Four-year player in an era where that's kind of weird. And a true superstar and a senior leader. Would have made first team All-American if it wasn't for Luca Garza and his big bushy caterpillar eyebrows. So I'll miss watching the big 35 down there for Kansas. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your memories. This sort of sounds like a memorial. He did not die. He just went to the NBA. Things are actually going to be better for him. <laughs> but it's, it's tough. We love you, Doka Azabuki. And I, I especially, I have a soft spot in my heart for, for centers and for big men. I don't know. Everyone loves the dancers on the perimeter, but give me a big brawler down low. It's fun to watch him throw some shoulders and some elbows and dunk all over people. So, best wishes. Go kill it on the NBA. We did it. Not bad in terms of timing, considering we only talked about one guy and one topic. Believe in Jayhawks, Jonas Nordman. Tell me your thoughts, regardless whether it's about Yudoka, whether it's not. Tell me how you think that Kansas is going to play next year without the big man in the middle. Is it just Big Mac? Is it big man by committee? Will Kansas go super small ball with Mitch Lightfoot playing like sort of a stretch five? I just want to know your thoughts. I just want to talk. In the middle of a pandemic, we need human interaction. (laughs) It's what we thrive on. All right, I'll get out of here. Uh, Again, keep safe. Appreciate you listening. Keep recommending. It's much appreciated when you do. Uh, Keep writing in. It's also appreciated when you do. And until next week, I bid you adieu. And as always, rock chalk.